We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. I'm Tanea Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perez, joined as always by Sarah Keller, Dusty Evely. Happy early Halloween, folks. Uh, Dusty, I'm sure you're just a pig in you know what right now. Uh, this is this is your time. This is your time of year, my friend, isn't it? I'm then listen. I'm 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 living the dream. It's it's spooky time. It's getting colder. We legit sat outside uh, earlier tonight and just watched as wind blew leaves off the tree and they came down on us and the kids tried to catch them and everything. It's uh it's feeling real spooky out there, Steve. I am I'm living it up. It's now it's. If it's spooky season, if it's spooky in your heart, it's always spooky season. So that's how I live by. But it just hits different this time of year. So you want full like American Beauty, like you're just watching leaves blow in the wind. And... <laughs> that was quite poetic. That's correct. Like creepy Kevin Spacey, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Not like creepy Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Keep his name out of your mouth when you're talking about me, Steve. Sarah, what's going down in Florida? 
I mean, I, I feel like I could say it's Halloween every day in Florida, just with the Florida man running around. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's fine. It's, it is what it is. I don't really have any Halloween plans because I'm trying to be safe and not, you know, go out and do anything. And I'm obviously way too old to trick or treat or anything like that. So I'm just chilling. I am excited. I'm going to watch some Halloween movies and yeah, should be, should be a good weekend. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun episode. I'm, I'm excited. This, we got a bunch of questions. There's candy, there's Halloween movies, costumes, all sorts of fun stuff. There's even a couple of football questions in there, which is, you know, yeah, I know. we had to skip over some of the other football <laughs> questions. There's just not enough time. There's too much candy. There's too much, uh, too much going on. I'm going to do a live taste test of the M&Ms that Andy told us that we had to taste. So it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. This is a jam packed episode. So, uh, Hang tight, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Packers are sitting at 5-1. and one. This is awesome. They beat the crap out of the Texans, even though QB1 wasn't really – I don't know. Did you guys think – he looked off. He, I felt like he was just off. His throws weren't really precise. He wasn't putting the, wasn't putting receivers in good spots. Like, am I, am I wrong? Am I crazy? Am I nitpicking? Uh, like, I think on its face maybe a little bit that, that it looked like he was off. But there were some. I mean, there was that crossover of Devontae Adams – that really was where Devontae had his third down. He had to kind of reach back on his hip to get it. That was a result of J.J. Watt looking to swat that ball to Kingdom Come. He actually he never actually touched Rick Wagner on that rep. He's, you could see him sizing it up. It's third and one. He's looking to bat the ball, and Rodgers kind of has to shoot it past his arm, and in and, and doing so kind of, kind of undershoots a little bit. I think he was off on one to MVS. I know the deep throw to Adams, which we'll talk about more in a second, was kind of underthrown a bit. Um, which Rogers talked about at McAfee a little bit, but part of that, it, some of that, I kind of write off on that because it's it's well, it's if a guy's that wide open, you'd rather undershoot than overshoot because if a guy can come back to get it, he's still making the catch. Whereas if you're overthrowing him, it's incomplete. Now he was on the one to Tanyan, that's mm-hmm. a touchdown if he puts it on Tanyan. So I think there was a couple where he was where he was a little off, and I think some there was just Watt and some of those guys were just looking to bat balls and some of the shorter stuff. So he's throwing from different angles to get around arms. There's a couple that I noticed like that. So I think I think you're partially right. I think he was off on some, but I think some of that is just the way the line was playing. He's just kind of he, he's shooting basically around hands at a certain point. Yeah, it looked, to me, it just looked like the happy feet again of, like, I don't trust my offensive line, uh, you know, Wagner's, uh, or, you know, every I mean, Wagner's probably in. Yeah. Probably a little bit, yeah. Sarah, what was the uh, what was the Twitter reaction? How was uh, the, the article for Cheesehead? Did you actually have an offensive MVP this week? I did. All right. The week before, I mean, it was tough to even think about that the week before, but clearly Devontae was the guy this week. I mean, his performance was exceptional, and it – it was really nice to see him and Aaron kind of connect again, and that was something I talked about in the recap, you know, with Devontae's injuries and how he was out with that hamstring for a little bit. You know, he hadn't scored a touchdown uh, since week one in Minnesota, so it was uh, pretty cool to see him kind of get in the groove again, and I think, you know, those two are off and running and right where they need to be. Uh, Twitter reaction was much better during a win. Um, people weren't uh, angrily tweeting at me like it was my fault that the Packers were losing to the Bucks. Instead, they were like, "We love Green Bay." They're you live in Florida, Sarah. Take care of this yeah. Seriously, clean it up, man. They're like, you could have been at the game and you could have gone out on the field and coached and you know and just fixed everything. That's what I felt the week before, but this week was much better. So thanks, guys, for taking it easy this week. 
All right, so uh, let's see. We've got the Vikings coming up next. There's a little bit of news and notes from around the league. Uh, the Packers have made a move. They have picked up Seth Roberts, a wide receiver. Um, I believe he was cut from Carolina, if I'm if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah. Uh, not the big, you know, needle-moving thing, but I, he's going to be on the practice squad to, to start. And with all the COVID stuff going on, won't even even if they sign him to the active roster, he wouldn't be able to get right in and play uh, this Sunday. He would be coming up for the Niners game next week. So, uh, it, you know, it's a move. We're going to talk a little bit more coming up here about if we think another move will happen or not. But for everybody clamoring that the Packers need help at wide receiver, they signed a veteran who's played in multiple games. He knows uh, he knows how to catch a football, it seems like. So it, it's a start, I would say. It's a start for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did his weekly hit on the Pat McAfee show, and you two both were able to take a listen to it. So, uh, Dusty, why don't you start us off? What were uh, some of the big takeaways, your funny moments? What'd you What'd you get from Rodgers this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the one of the big things, and this was my one big takeaway from it that I, I always love. I always love just just hearing Rogers talk ball. We've talked about this before. We're like his appearances on McAfee's show are tremendous, and you get to see kind of a side of him you don't normally see. And part of that is, I mean, on a regular basis, they'll ask him about specific plays or specific stuff they're running, and the way he just kind of will casually talk about the game, casually talk about plays, just it just his football IQ is just it's, it's incredible. Where he just kind of he'll run this stuff down, and his memory of older plays is the same way. But so one of the things was there. I think it, the conversation started through like. Um, route adjustments, basically you know, audibles, hot routes at the route at the line, anything like that. And Rogers brought up the touchdown to Jordy in the Super Bowl about how there's a screen, how he changed it, and so that ended up leading to the big 45-yard Adams touchdown from this past week. So that was you know the Packers were up 21-7, the Texans just scored a touchdown, and they wanted you know another touchdown there kind of helps put the game away late in the third quarter. And uh, Rogers said that uh, that was a route adjustment by him because they saw. I think he said it was. Um, I wrote some of this down. He said. Uh, it was after what he believed was the Lions game, where they said so they talked. Him and Adams had a conversation after that game about route adjustments uh, versus press coverage when Adams was the number two man in slot in a two man stack. So when you get like you know the two man stack is essentially when you see a bunch, you get the three man bunch. This is three man bunch without the three man bunch. So you basically have a front man and a second man that's kind of just offset behind them by half a yard or something like that. So when they get that look, and Adams is the front man in that look, a route adjustment. And you can see if you look at the clip, and I actually. I, I watched this clip play like 30 times today um, when I was writing about it. And so I kind of went back and then rewatched it after I watched the clip. And you can see him, you know, before the play, just kind of give a little hand signal or whatever. And he said what he was doing, he said it was a, it was a slight route adjustment to Darius Shepard, who was out there. He was the, the underman in the stack, and Devontae Adams. And essentially what they ended up doing, and I don't know what the original concept was, he did not say it, but what they ended up doing was take Shepard out to the right. So Shepard runs like a little like seven yard out. And then Adams just cooks his guy and runs a go. And they had a, a one man, I think the one thing he said, and you can see him do it in the play, he said, I, I didn't think they were going to have that safety double in the weak side. So away from Devontae Adams. So you can see him kind of, you can see him check to make sure the safety is not buzzing over the top. And then he knows he has Adams. So just hearing some of that stuff about like the, the route adjustments, what he's seeing, how that dates back to a conversation he had, you know, against uh, versus uh, after the Lions game, and kind of like that coming to fruition now was just uh, just hearing him kind of talk about kind of how that play came to be was really really good. And what I, and I guess to close on this, one of the things I really liked, they asked him about kind of audibles and what that basically they came up after the Super Bowl. 
if that play, because I was third and one at the time, if that play to Jordy Nelson, if that pass is not complete, if it doesn't go for a touchdown, what's that like going back to the sideline? What happens if it doesn't work? And Rogers' response was, uh, you have to understand the consequences of what happens if it doesn't go right, but you also have to trust your instincts. Uh, and he talked about kind of the level of trust between play caller and quarterback in that situation. So, again, just, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of good stuff you talked about. There's some funny stuff, too. I know Sarah's going to kind of talk about some of that, but just hearing him talk football, just hearing him talk scheme, just hearing him talk route adjustments, all that stuff is, is fascinating to me. So that was uh, that was the definite standout to me on that. Yeah, something that made me laugh was at the end of the episode, uh, Pat McAfee and his team were kind of asking Aaron Rodgers and A.J. Hawk, too, like about celebrities that have showed up to their games before. Has there been anyone that they heard was coming to a Packers game and they were like, oh, my gosh, like, I got to play really well. I got to play really awesome because this person's here. They, do they get nervous um, when anyone comes? And they rattled off a few people, and they were like, oh, that's cool. And then Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, and Harry Styles is a Packers fan. He was at uh, one of our games. And it was so funny because <laughs> all of Pat McAfee's team and him just went crazy. They started screaming. They are like, oh, my God, Harry Styles. Yes, Harry Styles. <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers like, kind of fed into it even more and was like, yeah, and the Jonas Brothers, we met them once, and they were, like, freaking out. And it was just really <laughs> funny. And he did talk about Lil Wayne, too, because I know he tweets, go, Pat, go, um, every time there is a Packers game. And they said, like, he's been in the locker room before mm-hmm. with, team, with the team, like, after a win to celebrate. So I just thought it was interesting, like, hearing hearing that perspective. Lil Wayne uh, did roll out the barrel at the, uh, the Seahawks divisional game, which is awesome. Yes, he did. All right, uh, next up, just to wrap things up in the NFC North, we have a trade for Detroit and Dallas, actually. So Everson Griffin, who was previously with the Vikings, signed with Dallas, and Dallas is now in the tank fully. Uh, They traded a sixth-round pick, Detroit did, to Dallas and picked up Griffin and, what, I think like half of his $6 million contract, so, you know, roughly $3 million for them. So it kind of shows that uh, some pe- some people thought that Detroit would be, you know, just giving up on the season already at 3-3. Three and three, But after that comeback win that they had in Atlanta, it looks like they're they're kind of going for it. They want to make sure that their defensive line is strong. I, I mean, it's not a huge move for the NFC North, but, I mean, Everson Griffin's back and playing, in the, playing against the Packers again pretty soon. So uh, do you guys have any takeaways from that? Just... <laughs> Barely beating this garbage Falcons team to get to 500, and you're like, nope, we're all in. Which, listen, a six-round pick for uh, three million of Everson Griffin—that's fine. Like, that's a, it's a good deal. I just, I don't know. I hope, I just hope it gets the Lions where they're good enough, where they bring uh, Matt Patricia back next year. That's that is my hope. That is what I want this trade to be for them. Pretty much. Um, did you actually see how they how they snuck by and actually won the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Very crazy play at the end of the game. Um, but, you know, thankfully, thank God for kind of Galladay on my fantasy team and uh, getting those extra yards. I really appreciated that uh, right at the end there. So let's move on. We've got the Packers offense versus the Vikings defense coming up. Um, we've, we've done this already, obviously, in week one. Um, a few things have changed uh, as far as that goes. But, again, let's do the one thing that you're going to be looking for 
and watching in this game, your biggest takeaway, and then after that we'll do our over-under uh, for the week. And Sarah, let's start it off with you. What's the one thing you're going to be looking at from the Packers offense versus the Vikings defense? Yeah, so I have a gut feeling that Aaron Jones is not going to play again this week, and that is based on solely a gut, a gut feeling, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, I just feel I mean, I would love if he did, but I feel like with a Thursday night game next week um, against the 49ers, there just isn't as much time for him to recover. And also, apparently, he injured his calf, which is a weird injury already, uh, late in the week last week. So I don't know if he's had even a full week to recover um, as you know we're recording right now. So I think there's a lot of question marks. They were hesitant to bring... Devontae back, and I feel like they're going to treat Aaron Jones um, in a very similar way. So the thing I'm going to be looking for is just how Jamal Williams gets more involved in the passing game. We've seen that this has been a great key and um, piece to Aaron Jones's game, and it was something that we saw a lot in week one um, during the Vikings game. So I'm curious how Williams gets involved there. I think, you know, Devontae's going to have another great day, but I'm just going to be looking for that. Yeah, and I'm, I've got a couple things all kind of feeding into the same thing. I mean, so I'm looking at uh, uh, the Vikings DVOA, and, actually, and so DVOA, football outsiders DVOA, does not really start normalizing until I think week six, week seven of the year or something. So we're about we're about the stage now where these numbers like actually start to take context into into account when they start doing this. So the Vikings passing off passing defense is actually 15th, which is better than I expected, way better than I expected. However, with that, you look at where the breakdown is there. 31st against wide receiver one. 31st. And it's not just that. Six games they've played. In all but one game, they've had at least one receiver go over 100 yards. And the only game that they didn't go over 100 yards was DK Metcalf in week five, who went for 93 yards. They gave up 156 to Adams in week one. They gave 111 to Mo Alley Cox in week two. 118 to Khalif Raymond in week three. Khalif Raymond! They gave... Uh, Are you just making up names at this point? Sounds like it, doesn't it? Uh, 108 yards to Will Fuller in week four, 93 to Metcalf in five, and then 137 to Julio Jones in week six. Devontae's going to eat this week. And so going along with that, I mean, the other part is then, are they going to get any other receivers involved? We saw their their first game plan in week one was they had a whole lot of kind of crossers. I know there was the big, you know, the MVS dropped on the on the, the crossing route, and that was in Minnesota. And they've tried that out a few times since then. I know against the Lions they did that a lot. They did a whole bunch of that. They did a whole bunch of that jet sweep motion pitching to the jet sweep man, which we've only ever seen a couple times since then, including this past week. So... Are they going to look to get, say, MVS involved with some of that underneath stuff that worked in week one? Are they going to look to get MVS or EQ or whoever else they're going to run on that jet sweep underneath by just giving them a quick pitch underneath? So we already know Devontae is going to eat, but given the fact that Devontae just absolutely went nuts this past week, how are they going to look? Is that is basically is that week one game plan any indication of how they're going to be kind of targeting and trying to get other guys involved this week? Um, that's kind of one of the big things. We know Devontae is going to get his numbers, but those other guys, what was it, six yards this past week for wide receivers, not named Devontae Adams, those were two receptions to Malik Taylor. Like, how are they going to look, you know, maybe, you know, Darius Shepard or Taylor a little bit more or anything like that. So kind of looking at that week one game plan is that yeah, Zimmer's going to make adjustments. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And Dusty's been really great about pointing out a bunch of stuff, too, on his Twitter account. Uh, And one of the things he started posting that is the thing I'm going to be looking for is the scripted yards per play versus uh, the post-script yards per play. And it started off the Packers were doing really great. The first couple of weeks they were doing really well. Uh, and then the last couple of weeks it has been a different story. Tampa Bay, I mean, it's one of those things do you just throw the, the tape out and just forget it. It might not be a horrible idea, but their scripted yards per play was 7.5 and post-script was 1.5 yards per play. Not great, Bob. <laughs> then you get to Houston, 7.7 yards when they have the scripted first plays of the game, 5.7 after that. So, I mean, it's something that we've been praising LaFleur's play calling. It feels like it's dropped off a little bit. I mean, you had maybe something that has to do with it is you got three three and outs to start the second half for the Packers. That's not great. That's going to kill a little bit of that average as well. But something to keep an eye on. It's uh, – like you said, Dusty, we said before we even started recording this, of I'm not sure exactly what it means yet, but it's something definitely to keep watching. And yeah. I think it's a I think it's a really good way, like a, a metric to kind of check in on LaFleur's play calling, if anything, and seeing how he's adjusting, seeing how he's reacting to what the defenses are, are throwing at him. So I think that is definitely something that uh, I'm going to be watching. And then... Uh, just for you, all you gambling addicts, right now the line for the Packers game, it says it's set at six and a half uh, point favorites for the Packers. One, The over-under for that game is going to be at 54.5. So I don't know about you, but I think I'm hammering the over on that. I don't, I don't really gamble that much, but, I mean, the Packers score a lot, and their defense gives up a decent amount of points. So... I mean, the last time the two of them played, it was in the 70s, I think. Yeah, the the six-and-a-half line is is more shocking to me than anything, really. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then the other fascinating thing that I found uh, is that the Packers are averaging, like, 32 points a game, and the Vikings are giving up 32 points a game. The Packers are uh, averaging giving up 26 points a game, and the Vikings are scoring 25.8 points a game. So it uh, <laughs> kind of looks like that could be right in that area of the score for the game. Uh, so that's definitely something to watch out for. Is that for. a bookmaker just getting lazy, Steve, just taking the averages and going, ah, looks fine. this looks yeah, fine. They just, they just went to ESPN <laughs> and they're like, ah, that's how many they score. Yeah, let's do that. Let's I'm do tired. That. I want to go home early today. This is, how, this we is we add them up together. Oh, 54 and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like it. It looks good. Uh, over under our prop bet. Uh, we're still kind of trying to figure out our, our wager for it. We've had a couple of good ideas so far, but – Still working on that one, but last week Dusty and Sarah were on the winning side of things for the rushing yards. 
The over-under was set at, was it 159.5? Sounds right, yeah. 160.5, something right around there. Packers didn't even crack 100. I call this as BS because when I made my guess, then Aaron Jones was still going to be playing. So if Aaron Jones would have been playing, it would have been a different story. So, I mean, I could. Sarah, do you see him? Is he crying? I think he's crying. Are you crying? I think no, it's not, I just get emotional sometimes. It's <laughs> just a lot of dust right? in here. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't dusted in here in a while, and my allergies <laughs> really happen during so. the fall mm-hmm. when the seasons switch over. So it's. But right now, Dusty and I are both sitting at three and three. Sarah is back in the game at two and four. Back in it. Back in it. So it is my turn to pick a prop bet for the week. And instead of actually doing it on the game, we're going to have a little fun with the trade deadline looming. This is a simple yes or a no. Do the Green Bay Packers make a trade before the trade deadline? Sarah, you're sitting at two and four. We're going to start with you. (laughs) The agony of that she's sitting there like... You knew this was coming. You knew we were. I'm thinking about it, and I, you know, last week my strategy was to say the opposite of what I felt, and it worked. And this week I want to say no, because I really don't think they're going to do anything. But I'm like, do I stick with the strategy that worked? This is also the Packers. That's the the Costanza method, Sarah. Yeah, keep going with it. Go with the Costanza method. I don't know if I can. I feel like I have to say no. I'm going to say no. And now I'm going to scream when tomorrow I wake up and I have a Twitter notification. <laughs> Steve's looking to see if anything's gone through right now. I think just so he can put it back in your face. Sarah right literally now. just made your bet, and I'm just wanna. I would I would die laughing if the Packers just made a trade. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to say yes. I know. I mean, there, we were talking before the show. There's uh, there's the news of them. You know, I don't know. We don't know what the deal was, uh, but I know they were kicking the tires or looking for a deal that made Baltimore uh, trade for Zach Ertz uh, before Ertz went on IR. It, it seems like there's been rumors. Their, their names have been in a whole lot of just random things. So I think they're looking. I don't think it's going to be anything major, but I do think that they're looking for a piece on one side or the other before the trade deadline. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't think it's going to be earth shaking, but I do think they're going to make a trade. I think I'm actually leaning with Dusty on this one. I think there's going to be a move. I think, yeah, I mean, the, the Zach Ertz one is kind of what led me to to think this. Yeah. Like, if they're if they were going after Zach Ertz, then it was early that they were going after Zach Ertz. And it's not like they had tight end like issues. They didn't. It's not they needed. They lost to Guara, but they still have three competent uh, tight ends. So the fact that they were going out and get, trying to get, like, a pass catcher, like, I feel like that's the, that it's something like this is going to happen. And I actually think it's going to be maybe a little bit bigger of a name than the Seth Roberts. I don't think it's going to be some, you know, low man on the totem pole, you know, the, kicking the tires on a Michael Gallup, seeing if Dallas would be willing to get rid of him. Uh, you know, that that's going to cost a high draft pick. But with a guy that, that's talented, he's still under the cap. Like, he's still got a couple years left on his deal. Um, he's still on that rookie deal. So, affordable. You, sign, you could have him for a couple of years. It's, Dallas is in a tank-tank mode with uh, everything that's going on there. They've got plenty of wide receivers. They're not going to send away C.D. Lamb. So, <laughs> as much as we would all love that. But, Steve, uh, what if they sent C.D. Lamb? Oh, if they send CD Lamb, I will. I will tell you this: I will run around my house, live stream it on Twitter. However, the hell you do that, 
uh, and I will I'll be in my underwear, and that'll be it in we the don't cold, want, cold weather. I know nobody out in the world wants to see that, but. We'll say, uh, so I mentioned just, hey, the, the Cowboys should trade CeeDee Lamb uh, on Twitter as a joke. And someone mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, what if you had to give up Jordan Love? I was like, well, yeah, because I would have taken Lamb over Love in this draft anyway. I would make that trade. Are yeah. they offering? I would take that trade now, please. I would do that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? I would do that trade twice. Yeah, and I have seen a bunch of stuff. Like, it's one of those things you always laugh and you see the all the Twitter trades. And I will say one thing. The Packers aren't going to trade Jordan Love. They're not going to trade Jordan Love. Stop putting him in trades. Like, it's just not happening. Let it go. Uh, okay, so that'll be Dusty and I think there will be a trade. Sarah's on the no train, uh, so you guys will definitely see us laughing at her uh, when it happens. Um, but, yeah, we're still still sourcing out the the punishment. Uh, we've had a couple of good ideas. There's been, what, a, sh- a shot of Tabasco? Is that one of them? <laughs> yeah, like that's been my favorite one so far. <laughs> that was a really good one. Um so far, so yeah, I think that might be the leader in the clubhouse so far. But but Sarah um, would die. I think Sarah would die. So we got to We could trying to figure out something. That's, that's a trick. A, that's a price you pay for not being <laughs> yeah, able. To, yeah, just win then. Correctly. Just yeah, win. exactly. <laughs> you don't like us hitting home. <laughs> you don't like bat flips. Don't throw me a ball. I can hit out of the park. <laughs> Okay, oh, man. Uh, all right. So as always, we uh, we want to know what you guys want to talk about. And man, this week did you guys deliver on Twitter uh, with a whole slew of questions, uh, all sorts of Halloween candy, costumes, football, everything. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna go as rapidly as we can because we got a lot to cover. So first one we do have from Jacob Westendorf. I've never heard of that guy before, but... Westendorf. More like Westendorf. <laughs> Boom. Roast nailed it. Uh, his top, He wants to know our top five Halloween movies. Um, not just the Michael Meyer ones, but Halloween subjects. So horror, Halloween, that kind of stuff. I'm going to let you guys take this because I really... These, this isn't really my jam. Uh, Halloween movies, horror movies, don't really care. Uh, so, yeah. Go ahead, yes. I'll go first because I know Dusty's going to have a much longer and more elaborate answer than me. So, <laughs> um, well, obviously, like a basic one that's just a classic is Hocus Pocus. Love watching that one. Good family-friendly movie. Um, and then Stranger Things. I started watching that around Halloween, and I think the first season came out around Halloween. I don't it even. May have come out like on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. But I absolutely love Stranger Things, so that would be on my list. And then, as far as like an old style horror movie, The Shining is always yes. just a classic one. And then it, I liked the first one better than the second one, so I would suggest it. And then Us was just crazy too. That was kind of one of those movies where at the end, like I kind of picked up on what was happening and I'm like no and then at the end I'm like oh no and the movie just ended and then I felt horrible the rest of the night so <laughs> so those are my five that's all this Sarah um that's yes. coming from you Dustin. no it's good yeah I mean I'm not seeing Hocus Pocus but uh but everything else on there I love so yeah all in um Oh, you need you, you definitely should give it a watch. It's got Bette Midler and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. It's no, it's, I I feel like I feel like it's one of those that as my kids get older, I will watch with them. Yeah. So I figure at some point, like in a couple of years, I'll likely end up watching it a bunch. What's that? I said I'm shocked you've never seen it. 
I didn't grow up with horror movies really, and then I, when I started watching them when I was older, I was like, I'm not, I'm not watching Hocus Pocus. I'm a grown man. What is this? <laughs> All right. Uh, so mine, uh, yeah. So the way we took this was, um, you know, not necessarily around or centered around Halloween, but but just stuff we watched this time of year, stuff that kind of fits. So so mine, I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got a full list. I'm paring it down here. So I've got Halloween. Halloween's a classic. One of the best movies of all time. One of the first slashers ever made and kind of set the stage for the genre and still holds up. Still looks amazing. The soundtrack's incredible. So that's number one on my list. Then you got Trick or Treat. From, uh, I think, early to mid-2000s, kind of an anthology movie from Mike Doherty, who's gone on to do Krampus and uh, one of the Godzilla movies. I'm actually watching that as we record right now. I love that movie. I've seen that. I watch that movie every year. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Tremendous atmosphere in that movie. Like, not That's one my wife does not like horror movies, but she will sit and watch that one with me. I love just the way that movie looks. The feel of that movie is incredible. Um the Orphanage is another one. Spooky Ghost Story. It was um, produced by Guillermo del Toro, but directed by J.A. Bayonia, who ended up doing like Penny Dreadful and stuff. And I think one of the one of the Jurassic World movies. I don't remember. But really great atmosphere. Uh, tremendous, like tremendous atmosphere. Really good ghost story. I love that one. And then uh, for five, I, I you know you go a thousand different ways. I, Behind the Mask is a big one for me, which is. Um, kind of a, a mockumentary style slasher movie what follows a slasher kind of getting ready for his big night. That's when I watch every year this time of year. But you can go, if you want to go a little nastier, you can go to the Evil Dead remake, which is incredible. Uh, it follows kind of that modern slasher, which it just feels like an old Carpenter movie. is amazing. And The Witch, which is just, just atmosphere for days in that one. So, yeah, I think I just named eight. Uh, but I watch a lot of movies this time of year. This time of year, really? Huh? That's what this time of year, that's when you watch a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah it's it's all the time you're. Come on, I didn't know it was possible for me to fall asleep while you were giving an answer, but I think I physically just did it. Thanks, Steve. No problem, buddy. Uh, which this one from Glenn Hintz. Which horror movie villain would you most want to tailgate with, and why? Bonus question: What would that villain be drinking at said tailgate? That's a fascinating question. Uh, Dusty, we'll have you lead this one off. I'm going to go Leslie Vernon, uh, who I just mentioned. He was the, the, the character in Behind the Mask. He is the serial killer they are following. He's got this really cool mask, got kind of an overall kind of scythe get up. Really, really, really amazing look. But you get to know him throughout the first hour of the movie. You're like, you know, aside from the fact that he's getting ready to kill a bunch of teenagers, like, seems like a really cool guy. Seems like a guy you could hang out with and just, just talk to. Just a minor to. character flaw. He's, yeah, he's just, listen, man, another one's perfect, Steve. So he seems like a fun guy. I really, really like him. And then to drink, there's there's a scene in the movie where he's uh, they've got an apple press on the ground. So I'm going to say some apple cider, and then you put a little fireball in there. So I, I, think, that's, uh, I think that's the move. I pick. Loki. So I feel like he's a villain, but he's not. But he would be a super really sweet Sarah. Well, horror movie villain. Did it say horror? It's a, it says yeah. horror movie. Oh, okay. Then come back to me. I thought it just said villain. It's just that second Thor movie is real scary with the dark. <laughs> I didn't think it said horror. I thought it just said villain. I'm sorry. Come back to me. Darth Vader. <laughs> okay well while Sarah does her research uh, for me since I don't really watch a lot of them I thought it would just kind of be fun to, to go like drink with a, a 
a, a horror movie villain from Scary Movie, the guy who is literally called the killer, who, you know, calls everybody's like, what's that? <laughs> He'd be a fun guy to drink with at a tailgate. I think he'd have a good time because I think he smokes weed in that movie. I think he gets he drunk in that movie. Uh, so, I mean, I think he would, he'd be the type of guy that would go to every single other tailgate and get drinks and, like, bring them back to his own. That's the type of person I feel that he is. So, I mean, what type of drink would he, he would, have? All of the drinks. Yeah, he would, he would kill, kill them and bring the drinks back, correct, Steve? That's what you're saying? He would kill them and then bring the drinks back to your tailgate. So, in, I, I haven't watched this in, like, I don't know, 15 years. Like, is he actually killing people in the movie? It's, I've not. I don't know that I've okay. ever seen it all yeah. the way through. But I assume he is. Oh, yeah, that would make the, sense. It's called The Killer, Steve. Yeah. But as long as you food, get drinks, it's a movie. Yeah, as long as he brings me cocktails, that's fine. <laughs> All right, Sarah, back to you. Did you figure one out? Do a little research? Yes. Um, so I'm going to go sticking with the It theme that I talked about earlier. It's one of my movies, Pennywise. I just feel like that's a very interesting character to bring into the mix. And I'm not tailgating with you. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't be at my tailgate. But he did give me a great suggestion for a beverage that Pennywise would have, and that would be that Pennywise would turn down any alcohol and say that he had his own drink, which would be like a juice box or something like that. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Pennywise. I feel like he would just be an interesting one to put in your tailgate mix. Yeah, and Dusty, Dusty had the great, and he like he he like you know poke through his juice box and start drinking it, and then he just like wiggle and laugh, and you'd be creeped out, and then his <laughs> one eye goes a different way for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> just awful, just awful. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, next up, we have from our good friend Maggie Loney. With Trick or Treat coming up, you should compare players to candy bars. I know this isn't a question, uh, but I had a little extra time before we started the show and I did this. So we're going to rapid-fire this thing as fast as humanly possible. I tried to come up with a reason for all these, but it was kind of difficult to do because I went with all the offensive starters, all the defensive starters, and special teams. So, Good Lord. Yeah, I know. Uh, at some point I was like, wow, this is, uh, is going to be interesting. But uh, first of all, we'll start off with Aaron Rodgers, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Best player gets the best candy. Uh, next up, I've got Devontae Adams is a Snickers bar. is just reliable as it is. Like, you know what you're getting every damn time. Did what? you see that? He posted today that he's, like, sponsored by Snickers, and he had a Snickers necklace on and everything. Look at you, Steve. Hey, look at that. I am smart. Uh, next up for Darius Smith, I took the Kit Kat bar because uh, it always packs a little punch. You know, you snap it open as he snaps quarterbacks next. Uh, Reese's Pieces, 
Ah, look at, like I said, I had to go for a stretch on some of these ones, man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to come up with a comparison to a player versus a candy, it's kind of weird. Uh, Reese's Pieces was David Bakhtiari because he's just, you know, I mean, that's just one you always want to have. You never want to be without Reese's Pieces, and you never want to be without a left tackle. Nerds, I went with kind of maybe one of the weirder dudes, kind of is, that was kind of my thought process of just kind of funny guy. So I went with Robert Tanya, Tunyon. Robert Tunyon after Tunyon. the Funyon Tunyon thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, that kind of kind of works, I think. <laughs> uh, peanut butter M and M's went to Jair Alexander. Of kind of the, the the thought process was, you don't hear Jair, Jair Alexander's name, and it's a good thing. And you know when you're eating when you're eating uh, peanut butter M and M's, you're not talking. You're just eating peanut butter M and M's nonstop. Uh, and then I went with the peanut M and M's, which are you know just like. Just a hair below the peanut M&Ms in my world, but uh, that went to Elton Jenkins of just, you know, wildly consistent, always good. Uh, okay, next up, Kevin King got the Mr. Good Bar, which is, it's good at times, but you don't. it's not something you're going to have all the time. And with Kevin King, you don't get him all the time. He's often uh, injured, so that's kind of where I went. The Twix Bar, which is very, very, very good, I went with Corey Lindsley. Uh, just just seemed to work. And then I did have Aaron Jones as peanut butter M&M's as first, and I switched it over because Aaron Jones is a payday bar because he's about to get paid by somebody. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to be the Packers, but I think he's going to get paid. Uh, Red Vines, which is one of my favorite candies, is Kamal Martin. I had to go with an inside linebacker for one oh, of my yeah. favorite candies. Did you uh-huh. see? I did. I did. Uh, Swedish Fish is a fun one, so I went Jamal Williams. You just figure, you know, see the, the fish dancing around, and you see Jamal Williams dancing. Uh, Hershey's Kisses. It's good at times, but every once in a while you're like, okay, I need something else because this is kind of boring. And that went to Preston Smith because he's been uh, kind of boring for the last couple of weeks until he came around. You're like, oh, this is actually pretty good again. Baby Ruth was a consistent one with Adrian Amos. It's just it's a good good candy bar. Not spectacular, not amazing, but good. Uh, right next up, J.K. Scott. You guys have any guesses? Uh, I've no, honestly no. I have no idea. <laughs> Oof, horrible. Uh, <laughs> no, J.K. Scott is. J.K. Scott is whoppers because when he does connect on a big punt, it's a whopper. <laughs> and uh, dad jokes, I got them all day. <laughs> uh, Kenny Clark is a crunch bar because when he actually hits the, when he hits somebody, it's a big old crunch. Uh, Tyler Irvin is the flavored Tootsie Roll little guys that uh, because he's a he's the ti- he's a really tiny guy, but uh, there's all sorts of flavors and they put them in all sorts of different rolls. Billy Turner is a starburst. I didn't have a reason behind that. <laughs> uh, just ran out of gas at some point. Pretty much at some point. I was like, what the hell can I put Billy Turner as? Yeah, that works. Uh, MVS, this is Airheads, where, you know, kind of sweet, but after a while you're like, oof, a little too much of the drops, a little too much of that stuff. Mason Crosby got the regular M&Ms just because he's plain, simple, and always does what he's supposed to do. You know exactly what you're getting with those M&Ms. <laughs> Jay Sternberger, you guys want to take a guess at this one? God, not Butterfingers. Please don't call him Butterfingers, Steve. 
damn it. <laughs> I just had a feeling. <laughs> Honestly, thought it was going to MVS, and then it wasn't MVS. I was like, I know where it's going. <laughs> yeah, he was the Butterfingers. Um, and then, Dusty, this one was for you and our good friend Andy. Uh, fun Dip went to Tim Boyle because, you know, you're having a good time once you're having the Fun Dip, and he's the human victory cigar. So. Sure. So Tim Boyle went there. Uh, Kingsley Kiki got some Skittles because he's just, uh, you know, it's one you kind of forget about, but still delivers when it needs to. Darnell Savage, the Pixie Sticks, because he's been he's been sweet at a couple of moments, but then there's every once in a while, you know, if you have too many Pixie Sticks. Uh, Chris Barnes got Sour Patch. Like I said, this is Spoken like a man that's had too many Pixie Sticks. Oh, dude, are you... Have you ever had like the the yard size pixie stick? Uh, no. Oh, no, I have none. I don't want to die. No. I can't eat. <laughs> uh, Chris Barnes got Sour Patch Kids because while there he's been he's had some really good moments. There have been times that uh, you know, you know, Sour Patch Kids can be a little too much, and he's had his rookie moments still. Mercedes Lewis got the Hershey's regular bar, just consistent. Know what you're getting from him. And then I ended it with Dean Lowry and the Three Musketeers because there ain't a lot there. Honorable mentions of things that did not get <laughs> five hours of your day right there, Steve. I know, I know. It took a lot of it took a lot of work. Things that did not get mentioned because they're just trash candies are uh, Twizzlers, Charleston Chews, Milky Ways, Mounds, Rolos, Almond Joys. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So. Holy God, that was a long, long list of things. Good for you for doing all that. It was fun. No, it was a good time. It's kind of when you have to – it's a stretch at times, but it, it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed I enjoyed the question from Maggie, and once once I saw it, I was like, you know what? This is something I think that we could, we could actually do. So, so let's have a little fun. Next question we've got Mike Kawano from your trick or treat bucket or bag. What is your first candy uh, – your first candy eaten – and the candy you're throwing into the give out basket at your door. Sarah, what's your go-to candy? Uh, I love uh, the peanut butter M&Ms. Those are solid, always consistent, never disappoint. What I'm throwing out, I hate Butterfingers. I hate them. So throwing those out. Mm-mm. That's the wrong answer. You that are ruining this country. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> you don't see Butterfingers, okay? I could have said something way worse, I feel like. But I don't think you could have. That one <laughs> cut a little deep, Sarah. Cut a little deep. Uh, my first candy, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Um, and then uh, first candy I'm throwing out, I don't know, man, like those those stupid little things in the, the black and orange wrappers that have like, uh, the peanut yeah. butter filling inside of them. I don't know if that's still a thing. I think it's like taffy. Yeah, that or like Smarties or something because like who cares? Yeah. See, I'm a fan of Smarties. I'm okay with Smarties. But, yeah, peanut butter cups are definitely the first one uh, that I'm eating. And then I'd say either Milky Way or Rolos. Like, those are just – I'm not a huge fan of, like, a lot of caramel and anything. And those two definitely have that. I didn't and, know Rolos were still a thing. I can't remember the last time I saw those. Ugh. Yeah, they're disgusting. Fair enough. Uh, right, next one we've got from Eric Thiel. What is your favorite Halloween costume? And if someone to someone were to dress up as you or like you for a Halloween costume, how would they uh, how would they be dressed? So, Dusty, what was your all time favorite Halloween costume? 
So my we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and so my my mom made our our uh, Halloween costumes for us. So had some had some good ones, had some bad ones. Um, I think my favorite that we had was a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle that was uh, she took a turtleneck, dyed it green, and then took I don't know some kind of like you know soft faux leather or something or other stuffed it in the back and sewed it to the back to make nice. the shell with. Uh, and then we each had uh, masks made out of, I don't know, some kind of fabric with holes poked out for eyes. So, uh, do, you, do you remember who you got to be? I was Michelangelo. Honestly, I think it was me and two of my brothers. I think we all ended up being Michelangelo. Um, okay. Actually, my older brother is a big Donatello guy, so I think it was one Donatello and two Michelangelo's being my guess. But, yeah. Yeah. When I when I was a kid, I used to do the uh, I used to take the broom the broom off of the, the broomstick off the broom and be Donatello. That was always my go to. Oh yeah, it's really easy weapon to replicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna sure parents love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if someone were to dress up like you for Halloween, how would they do that? I don't know, man. Just like a hoodie and a, a hoodie and a hat, I guess. Like that, it doesn't matter particularly what hoodie and hat you're wearing. Just a a hoodie and a hat is all you need. Apparently, Dusty doesn't wear pants. Good to know. Listen, I've been, been in quarantine a long time, Steve. <laughs> um, so, a few years ago, so when I was in college every year for Halloween, um, my friends and I would make the road trip up to Tallahassee, up towards the Panhandle in Florida, to Florida State, um, and we'd visit one of our really good friends up there, and he always had, like, a very big, like, costume Halloween party, and it was always really fun, and it was a great tradition that we had. Um, and so he he still goes to Florida State, and he's, like, a diehard Florida State fan. Um, and this was, like, right – I think this was maybe Jameis Winston's first or second year in the NFL, and he had just left uh, Florida State. And so that year, um, my me, my friend, and my boyfriend, and I had just started dating – I was the crab with the Publix uh, barcode. <laughs> my friend had his James Winston jersey on, and my boyfriend borrowed his uh, friend that worked at Publix's um, work uniform. And so it was just very well-timed. It was, we were in Tallahassee, so it made sense. And it was just funny because walking around the party separately, no one really knew, like, no one really got it, and then when we were next to each other, everyone was like, "Oh my god, I get it!" Oh, okay, so that was just like a fun one, and it was also like a very simple thing. Like I was never someone that was like, "I'm gonna dress up and do all these things." Like I'm always something really stupid and easy for Halloween, like, and that that's it. So like all I do is just wear like a like when I was a kid, my my mom would make costumes, and I was like an iPod one year, and I was in like a cardboard box, like very simple thing. <laughs> what what song was on the iPod? It so it was like an iPod Nano, so it was, uh, okay. it was, like, okay. it was like just the screen that had like the home button. And yeah, 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 I got you. iPod, yeah. I had an iPod Nano. <laughs> I'm su- I'm surprised you knew what that was. Yeah, that was like my first electronic device honestly like i was very excited when i, I was actually wait, i was actually thinking you were going to say you were a baby when your mom did that and yeah instead of her pacifier she had an ipod nano <laughs> <laughs> we got to get in at least one of these youth jokes every time, um okay uh as far as my favorite halloween costume i mean the theme i think is that our our mothers did awesome work and, and made costumes all the time i mean my mom, I remember I was an Ewok one year. I was, um, I was, 
uh, Maverick from Top Gun, so I had a flight suit. I had aviators. That one was really cool. But uh, she went above and beyond when I was Indiana Jones. She made me a fake leather jacket, and I had the cowboy, you know, the cool hat. I had a makeup beard, which was outstanding. But the uh, piece de resistance was that I actually had a whip. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes, it was different times. I legitimately had a whip that I brought to school, and I remember using it, like showing off. Like, it was really cool, but that was something that... uh, I don't trust you with a whip now. Why'd you have one as a kid? (laughs) My parents were over for dinner the other night, and I was saying this, and I was like, why did you give me a whip? And my mom just started laughing. She goes, it was different times. (laughs) (laughs) Kids took whips to school in those days. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and as far as dressing up like me, uh, I would say a quarter zip would be the way to go and probably some Nike, you know, like sweatpant kind of thing. That That's that's like my go-to when I get home. I'm like, all right, I'm getting comfortable here, uh, getting in that. And then Dusty would make fun of me, but it would be a backwards hat, not a front-facing hat. No, it's cool to be a bro. Just be a bro if you're going to be a bro, Steve. It's cool. I mm-hmm. forgot to say what I would what someone would need to dress. We were I was going to circle back to you, but go ahead. I forgot. Um, so mine would be really simple, just like a Packers T-shirt, whether that's a polo for a work day or just like a casual T-shirt, and then running shorts. That's like my everyday attire, especially within the work from home environment. I'm just like in running shorts, and then I have a Packers polo on when I have to hop on Zoom meetings. Next up, we've got PCZRVP. Bro, you need a new name. For the Halloween season, which Packers beat reporter is most likely to become a serial killer a la Michael Myers? We all know it's Wes Hod is the obvious answer, so be creative. Uh, Dusty, we're just going to let you suck the air out of this question, but push, go ahead. Push my glasses up real quick. Uh <laughs> Michael Myers killed his sister at a young age, I think seven years old, and then went, uh, you know, to a mental institution, um, Smith's Grove, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and did not talk for years and years and years, and then broke out when he was older. So if <laughs> if someone, if a beat reporter was going to be a serial killer, he would already be one. You don't turn into Michael Myers at this point. You would not be talking. So, uh, no, it's none of the current beat reporters. The end. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay, well, let's just move on. Uh, next one we've got from Eric. Got a couple of questions here. Between the three QBs on the Packers roster, who is more likely to survive a weekend at Camp Crystal Lake? And Dusty, explain to people what that is because I had no clue. At Camp Crystal Lake is a summer camp where Jason Voorhees uh, was killed as a small child and then, uh, you know, still then, you know, comes back as the hockey mask wielding killer and kills people who go there. All right. And your answer? I think it's got to be Aaron Rodgers for me. I mean, listen, we don't know enough about Jordan Love. Tim Boyle seems like, haha, the friendly guy, happy go lucky, blah, blah, blah. But Buddy the Jokester always gets killed in those movies, except for, I guess, two, Friday the 13th, two, he lives. But all the other ones, the guy gets killed and usually horribly. So, yeah, I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, kind of a, you know, he's a cutthroat competitor. Uh, he can kind of turn right. on when he needs to. Like, I feel like he's, uh, I, I feel like he'd be willing to do what it takes to survive that uh, that, that ordeal there. Yeah, I agree. For all of the same reasons, I think Aaron Rodgers he has the most 
experience, he's a competitor, and that will just drive him. <laughs> he has the most experience in horror movies? No, like, <laughs> experience, like, in sports, in, on the team, in life. So he'll <laughs> be able to outsmart them. Yeah, I mean, he told it. I mean, the way that him and Tim Boyle screw around, like, you, you know that if he sees Jason, he's just going to chuck him and be like, here, take him first. Mm-hmm. Totally going to happen. That's the mentality you need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, to survive a horror movie, I would I would think so. Number two, what is the best film of the Halloween franchise, and why is it Season of the Witch? Again, Dusty. <laughs> <sighs> Man, listen, so Halloween 3 has had its day, so a little bit of, slight bit of history here. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is the, it's the third one. It's the only movie in the series without Michael Myers, and the thought was... After the first two, Carpenter didn't want to do a second one. They ended up doing a second anyway. But the idea was after that was done, they wanted to make the Halloween series into a yearly anthology series. So every year you get a Halloween movie, and it does not relate to the one before it. It's just it's just a new movie every year that takes place either around Halloween or just spooky anthology series. And he and his partner at the time, Deborah Hill, were going to produce it. So it was reviled at the time because there's no Michael Myers. No Michael Myers whatsoever. It's about Stonehenge bits getting put into masks, into Halloween masks. And then a song plays, and it triggers it and then kids heads turns into snakes and bugs and it's really weird and it's having its moment people are coming around on it but listen man halloween legit the first halloween is a classic it's still like one of my all-time favorite movies so halloween is better than that h2o is better than that halloween 4 is better than that halloween 6 is better than that i like halloween 3 just fine but best in the series now nah, it's a good series now let's uh let's how about everyone just calm down here Man, okay. Uh, this is this really is the dusty episode. Like, this is his, this is his freaking wheelhouse. My time to shine, baby. And then Eric ends it with: Is Cam Newton still a good quarterback? Uh, I mean, Eric, we love you, but you do realize this is a Packers podcast. But whatever. I digress. I'll take this one. Yes, Cam Newton is still a good quarterback. He had one bad game. He's coming off of actually having COVID and recovering from it. So there's there's a lot of questions to be had. You can't not, like, it, everybody has a bad game. Like, you, were you going to say that Aaron Rodgers was a bad quarterback after the game in Tampa Bay? No. Bad game. They happen to a lot of a lot of quarterbacks. I fully expect him to bounce back. And, you know, he's an above-average quarterback. He's not great anymore. Um, he, I think losing the ability to run as much as he used to really hurts him. But, no, he's, he's still a good quarterback. All right. Next up. Let's see, we've got from Pack Chat, where, if anywhere, does Oren Burks fit on this team moving forward? Uh, played 7% of the snaps this last week. Sarah, what are you thinking? Oren Burks, yay or nay on a future Packer? I'm going to say nay. I think I just don't see him in the long-term plan. I think he does an okay job right now, but there's definitely guys that they could try to get, whether, you know, that's in future drafts or just in the off season if someone becomes available. So, you know, I think he's a fine player, but I don't see him being a Packer forever kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. I think before the season I said something to the effect of, I have a lot of faith in Oren Burks. Uh, sometimes faith is misfounded, um, so that's, and that's fine. I It was kind of one of those I really – thought that he was going to um, 
kind of realize his potential this year, and that clearly hasn't happened. The coaching staff hasn't seen that. And then you've had other guys, you know, between Barnes and then uh, Kamal Martin on the field this past week they that have done the outside linebacker. Yeah, they moved. Yeah, yeah, they, he's 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 trying to be play the edge, which doesn't make precisely zero sense. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I hope this was going to be the year for him, but I think with those guys coming up, and especially with Raven Green, when great Raven Green was healthy and just looked like a lunatic out there on the field this past week, you get that kind of hybrid guy. I, yeah, I think this is probably about it for Oren Burks, sadly. Aussie Packer fan wants to, Packers fan wants to know, any chance of J.J. Watt or Quinnen Williams trade or any rumors on any offers being thrown around by Goody? I really highly doubt the J.J. Watt thing. I mean, unfortunately, he's owed $17.5 million next next year. Quinn and Williams won. I, I still don't understand what, why the hell the Jets would trade a top-five pick from last year when he's starting to produce uh, this year. It doesn't make sense unless you're getting, like, multiple first-round picks for him, which I can't imagine anybody doing. Yeah. Uh, so that's not making a lot of sense. I mean, I'm, you're seeing reports of the Packers being involved in three to four different uh, wide receivers that if if the price comes down a little bit closer to the trade deadline, that they'll, they'll pull the trigger. So I think that uh, – you know the the names that uh, that you've seen have been, you know Juju Schuster Smith, which to me that one doesn't make a lot of sense. I get he's in the last year of his deal, but still it doesn't make a lot of sense for one of the best teams in the NFL just to trade away a wide receiver like that. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I, I mean I've seen Michael Gallup, I've seen Will Fuller, who the Packers just played against. Um, You've seen Kenny Stills from the Texans. Like, there's a, there's a lot of names out there that that are that have been floating around. So, will be fascinating to see. But I mean, again, it's all rumors. It's Twitter. Who the hell knows what's actually true and what's not? So, next up we have Katie Sunderman who wants to know. Basically, this is a Preston Smith Preston Smith question. Uh, wants to know what made him play better this week. Um, did he think he may have had an injury we didn't know about? Is he finally in football shape? Did, were they putting him in better positions? Was Kenny Clark being back a, a big help? And I mean, it's probably just our podcast and talking about him, right, guys? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you guys and you're nerding out about the multiverse and Sarah talking about how she misses him and compared him to Iron Man, basically. So, I mean, that had to be it, right? That was the spark, man. That's the yeah, spark. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, no, it's good to see, good to see him making plays again, and I think Dusty had, had mentioned you know there have been a couple times in his career in Washington where there were, there were some game like multiple games in a row where he just was off and wasn't you know what he was doing in the past and probably led to one of the reasons that he actually left and so it was, it was good to see him back. You're hoping that it, it happens again. Um, this coming week against the Vikings. So fingers crossed that Preston Smith is back again and, and wreaking some havoc. So some quarterback pressures against uh, Captain Kirk would be, would be a, a good thing to see this week. Next up, we've got Brian who wants to know Oreos or Chewy Chips Ahoy. Show your work. Oof. Heavy hitting question. We always, you know, Make sure that we, we, we talk some some heavy-hitting questions. So, Dusty, Oreos or Chewy Chips Ahoy? I think it depends on the mood. I think I, I, I think I tend to Oreo if it's a, it's an either-or. I do think there's the Chewy Chips Ahoy that have, like, the bits of, like, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and stuff in them that are incredible. I think that's Chips Ahoy. Uh, so those are great, but I think if just gun to my head, Oreo. Sarah? Yeah. 
I'm going to go with Oreo, too, but there recently I tried the Chewy Peanut Butter Chips Ahoy, and those are quite good and give a few of my favorite Oreo flavors a run for their money. But hmm. we're the Oreo podcast, so you know I have to go back to my go-to. Cool. That's fascinating how you guys like to change the question to fit whatever answer you want, but whatever. Uh, it says Oreos or Chewy Chips Ahoy, and then you're going with, like, certain brands. Uh, yeah, whatever. We, we both picked Oreos, Steve. <laughs> no. We both picked <laughs> Oreos. Like, a completely different cookie. Like, what? No, it, no, it, vodka. It, I picked vodka. Said, I don't know. <laughs> what? As you said, this is the Oreo podcast. It shouldn't have even been a question. I, I'm just... I'm judging both of you right now because the answer is Oreos. You need a little bit of crunch with every cookie, and you take away the, that and you get the Chewy Chips Ahoy. Like Sarah said before we even started this podcast, it was regular Chips Ahoy are just trash. Like nobody wants that cookie. Nobody ever eats that cookie by choice. It's like, ooh, you know what cookie, what cookie I'm going to go buy? Chips Ahoy. No, nobody ever does that. Uh, but, yeah, Oreo every day. And then his, his other question is, you can have one Packer of all time join the podcast for one episode. Who is it? Dusty, let's start with you. Uh, man, this is a tough one, but I went. Uh, I went Mike Holmgren. Just he came, you know, came from the Walsh uh, coaching tree, and he kind of had that kind of second iteration. He was very, very steeped in the West Coast offense. We had a second iteration, kind of the evolution of the West Coast there, and I think just just picking his brain about football for as long as he would sit down with us about like just his history kind of coming up through that what he how he decided kind of what he picked up along the way and how he decided to kind of change some of that stuff to either fit what he was doing or you know saw kind of evolution in there that well we could make it a little better if this like just some of those little nuances of the game as far as that that he kind of helped usher along uh, I think would just would be fascinating so yeah you could go a thousand different ways uh, but I think I think homegrown would just be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I mean, mine's a basic answer, but I just think talking to Lombardi would be one of the coolest things ever, and I feel like he's just kind of the godfather of who the Green Bay Packers are, and to be able to sit down and talk with him, and like Dusty said with his answer, like pick their brain about, you know, what why they made the decisions that they did, and I think Lombardi was someone that, you know, way back when this you know, really wasn't a thing that people were talking about or realizing he was all about, you know, empathy and caring for the players as people, not, you know, just what they were able to do on the field, but he really put emphasis on the team value and just what that means. And I think that's such an interesting mindset. And he was one of the first people to really kind of push that out and say, like, we need to care about each other before we go out and put, you know, results out on the field. So, in addition to that, obviously, he's an amazing coach and, like I said, the godfather of the franchise. So there's still a lot of questions I would like to ask him. I mean, this seems very on brand, brand for us because you guys went and went, like, football minds. I want to, like, I want to pick his brain. And I'm going with Travis Jury because I want to talk to the guy that, that owned a lion. I want to talk to the guy that ripped his braces off his own teeth. Like, that man has got to be – like, he's got to have so many crazy-ass stories that, like – you, it's like pulling a thread. Like you pull, just ask him one question. The dude will talk for like seventeen hours, and like uh, at some point it'll end with him like doing some crazy illicit drug and the thing that happened after that. Like I, I, I just feel like I, that podcast would just go on forever, and it would just be super fascinating to hear where his life took him. Like uh, anybody who who has a lion as a pet, it, it's just I, I need I need to know more about that guy. So. 
that would be that would be my my pick. But I mean, to me, that's just very on brand for us. Like you two are very the football mind, and I'm like, I want the crazy. Give me the crazy. <laughs> like that'll be that'll be fun. People don't want to listen to that. So next up, we've got another one from Mike Kawano. Which current Green Bay player would you dress up and go trick or treating as? Sarah, you know you're not a big fan of going out trick or treating. I mean, what did you stop doing it last year? I was waiting for that. <laughs> Anyway, 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 sorry. Who would you dress up as as a Packers player? Honestly, so I talked about how I hate dressing up and everything I like to do is really simple. So I think I would be Matt LaFleur, and I would just wear oh, it. There you go. I'd walk around, you know, in a Packers nice shirt or a jacket, some pants. I already have the Packers Nike shoes, so I got that covered. And then I would just have my little clipboard, and I, you know, I could walk around they throw out some of his one-liners, all gas, you know, no break. <laughs> Just got to go one and no. Aaron, I mean, he's a special guy. Like, he has a couple things that he just repeats over and over again. So I would, I would go with Coach. I think that would be a fun That's one. a good one. I like that. Uh, I kind of went not far off that, Sarah. I went, I'm going Jordan Love. Uh, just because he never dresses. So, like, <laughs> just, you get to wear athletic pants. You get to wear, like, a nice snazzy sweatshirt. Um, wear an earpiece, maybe. No one knows what he sounds like, uh, so you don't have to talk. Um, I, yeah, just just real simple. All I got to do is wear a couple pieces of Green Bay gear and walk around, and you'd be good to go. And I think I would go with, uh, with, with post-game Aaron Rodgers, where you're back at your house, and walk around in regular clothes and four fingers of scotch in a glass. Like, go trick-or-treating while drinking. It's a dream. It's, it's, it's a dream. It's the dream. So, next up, we've got John Kramer. Dusty, I think this one's aimed at you. Hmm. Is Irvin the only guy who can jet sweep? <laughs> Apparently. I mean, we saw this past week. I know Adams had one that he couldn't get the corner ahead. Jamal Williams had one. They had Aaron Jones out there doing it before. I know EQ can, um, but apparently effectively. Uh, actually, uh, MVS had one, I think, in week one as well. So they've got a couple guys, but the only guy consistent at it, yeah, apparently Irvin is, like, the only guy. It took uh, it took a long time, but we finally found my burner account. So uh, Jonathan Daniels, thank you for the, this tweet. He wants to know, is our defense just missing a stud inside linebacker? And if so, is Kamal Martin that guy? You know, I, I think I can probably feel this one. They definitely are missing a stud linebacker. With Kamal Martin, it's been one game. He looked good, but, again, he's been often injured through college, through the first couple of times in the NFL. Like, this is his first game played in, I think, like a year and a half. So it's promising, it's exciting, but... I, I'm kind of waiting with bated breath of, is he going to be able to stay healthy? He's kind of been showing so far that he's not going to be staying healthy. So, you know, he looks good. He's making plays. He looks like a smart player, which is awesome. Uh, fingers crossed that he is finally that answered inside linebacker with Chris Barnes, like getting those two and then getting Kirksey back. Man, they actually have some inside linebackers, which is something we haven't said in, in years and years. So it's an exciting time, but to me, it's just something I, you need to wait and see a while. Like you can't just judge this off of a couple games from each of these guys. So let's let's hope that that's what's uh, the missing piece. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a great great tweet to end with. I appreciate Jonathan very much. Did you guys have anything to add, or did you want uh, the, the me just to cover the middle linebacker? 
You can answer no. your own burner account question. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Way, way to soft, lob a softball up to yourself, Steve. That's fine. <laughs> hey, you guys never ask, ask me any easy questions. I'm always asking you questions. So every once in a while, I like to have the easy questions. Well. Sarah hosts sometimes, and she asks you questions. I, I don't remember that ever happening. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that should do it. That wrapped up a very fun episode. Thank you guys, as always, for all of your questions. Uh, this one was really fun. We always loved the, the Halloween, the candy. Uh, that was that was really cool. Uh, and thank you for entertaining me while I ran through my unbelievably long list of people people compared to Halloween candy or to candy bars. So that was the that was a good one. Sarah, we'll start with you. Do you have any closing thoughts for the week? Uh, yeah, I mean, besides uh, the usual um, game recap that'll be up um, after the game on Sunday, just make sure to get out and vote. Um, I, you know, this is a time that's, you know, we have the opportunity to really make a difference and make your voice count. So, you know, whatever you feel, go out and do it. Um, I know I'll be going to early vote later this week, and I hope I see other people post, or you don't even have to post about it, just, you know, hear other people are going too. So that would be my... Uh, Words of encouragement to go vote this week or next week on Election Day. Yeah, definitely echo that. Yeah, if you haven't voted already via mail-in or early ballot, just, yeah, please please vote when you can. Very important. Um, and then for my stuff this week, I've got today coming out uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning. I've got a uh, my favorite pressure over at uh, Packer Report where I'm talking about the Adrian Amos sack on third down that kind of stopped a Texans drive in the red zone and forced a field goal instead of a touchdown, which was a really fun rush to look at. Uh, it was, it was Petten. I know a couple weeks ago it was Petten, what, rushing two in the red zone, and this time they brought seven, I believe. So it was a fun one to look at. Uh, and then later today over at Cheesehead at 4 is the Passing Chronicles. I've got a couple mesh, a couple crossers, and then I've kind of really dug into, and hopefully maybe a little more, we'll see, into the, the 45-yard touchdown to Devontae, kind of looking at the routes that set that up, kind of Rogers reads, how he's kind of looking off the safety as he's doing that and all that. So really fun week, a lot of fun concepts to talk about there. And then finally Friday over at Packer Report, I dig into a couple of my favorite concepts, which is that halfback uh, vertical up the seam that they've been trying to hit all year. They had that was the big play to Tanyan was that one as well, which was that was a really fun variation, kind of uh, over a what looked like an RPO wide receiver screen look, and they ran vertical over that, and then they ran the same play out of a completely different look later in that game. So kind of get to dig into that, um, kind of the what they ran early in the year that kind of showed that same look and how they're running counter to that and how they're looking different or the same thing out of different looks. So really fun. That's one of my favorite concepts uh, lately. And, and just being able to dig into that a little bit and show some of those differences is really fun. So, you know, a win is always better than a loss. Uh, but Packers <laughs> showed a lot of really fun stuff this week uh, conceptually as well. So it's fun to dig in. Very cool. Uh, I got a couple things. I, I had, I had written out like this huge, not an essay, but like a long enough thing that I wanted to talk about, um, you know, politically. And uh, you know, something after I wrote it, it kind of helped me feel a little bit better about things. And I wanted this episode after realizing what what we were going to be talking about. I wanted this to be your your break from the world of politics, the world of everything crazy going on in the world. So, not going to do that. You've seen all my tweets, everything like that, how I feel about a lot of stuff. So we're just gonna I'm gonna leave that over there and and leave this episode for just a lot of fun that it was uh, for us to record. Hopefully for you guys to listen to. 
And just like Sarah said, I want to make sure everybody goes out and votes. You know, if, if you have your absentee ballot and it hasn't been put in the mail, go figure out exactly where you need to go put that instead of throwing it in the mail because you're it's running out of time right now. So in order to get your vote counted and, and put in the election, make sure you're, you're going to find that spot to drop it off. And a um, couple other things. Dusty wrote a book that is now on Amazon. It's pretty freaking cool. Uh, I've actually got my copy at home, and my kids have loved it. It's called Goodnight Monsters. It's a lot of fun. We Sadly, I've had to read it four times. It was Monday. It was a short book, but we got it on Monday, and I had to read it four times. So that was, uh, it was a lot of fun, though. They, they really enjoyed it. Just... A really cool book, so if you can, go out and grab a copy off of Amazon. Do that uh, for Thank our you. good friend Dusty. It's a really cool thing to, uh, on top of all the stuff that Dusty does, he's now a published children's author, which is very cool. Who knew? Who knew? Very, very cool. Uh, and we are going to end the episode when uh, I've got a, a live taste test to do because Andy, our fearless leader, sent a tweet to us saying that he needed to have us do a taste test of the M&M's Fudge Brownie. So I actually grabbed a bag. This is going to be really exciting for everybody for you to listen to me eat uh, M&M's. Can't wait. Uh, but I will say, they, I grabbed them. They look pretty similar to like the peanut M&M, peanut butter M&M ones size-wise. But uh, I, I'm a little worried it's going to be too much chocolate. But the M&M's Fudge Brownie one, so I'll get my mouth as close as humanly possible so you can hear the crunch. Yeah, that that tastes like a regular freaking M M&M. and M. Wish we could have broadcast that face. That was the, just a look of utter disgust on your face. That was like pure and utter disappointment. Like they, it was totally disappointing. Okay, I take it back. It's a little bit better than a regular M M&M and M because there's more. It's a little bit softer of the chocolate. I think it's not as, as super crunchy, but yeah, there's. I would say there's nothing special about that. Unfortunately, I, I was really had higher hopes for this, but yeah, uh, it's it's. Chocolate and, and like a little bit of a softer chocolate inside. So, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Andy, um, if you want to buy them, if that's your thing, is extra chocolate, that's fine. But yeah, that, that's not mind blowing. It's not. Uh, that's not anything I'm going to tell anybody that you run out and go get tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> just a just a stellar way to end the episode here, guys. Um, thank you for listening. As always, uh, keep following us on Twitter at Dusty Evely. At Sarah Kelleher, four at Steve Peretch, and at Packaday Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the questions. We loved them. It was a, this was a really fun episode for us to do. And uh, we will be back next week talking about hopefully a Packers victory over the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Sarah, has your, your special podcast been confirmed for next week? I believe so. Okay. So it appears that the uh, we will be taking a, a slight vacation before the 49ers game for the ladies of the Pack-A-Day podcast to be doing a special episode, which is always cool. They did one last year. Uh, but in that place, Dusty and I are going to have a little fun. And I have a freaking Twitch account now. 
so we're going to play Madden 20, and we're going to throw, like, probably a combined, what, like 12 interceptions? <laughs> Seems low. Yeah. It's also going to be, I would assume, an ungodly amount of swearing. I am very excited about it. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, I'll, uh, we'll post that to Twitter uh, when, we're, when we get the Twitch uh, live stream going and stuff. It should be a lot of fun. But we'll do that next week uh, when Sarah and the girls are doing their, their special episode, which is awesome. Uh, but, again, thank you for listening. We will catch you in two weeks. Hopefully the Packers will be... 7-1 and one at that point after a victory over the 49ers and the Vikings. But uh, as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.